entertainment, inspiration, and building community. This is the soundtrack of Savannah. This is your Savannah Philharmonic. Welcome to the soundtrack of Savannah brought to you by the Savannah Philharmonic. And once again, another fantastic guest uh, to the table for this episode, the wild child of the Savannah Philharmonic. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to finally have him here. Ricardo Ochoa, uh, welcome to the podcast. We've been talking about you being on for quite some time. So your yeah. time is here. I'm so happy to be here, Dee. Thank you. Yeah. Wild child, huh? I didn't know that one. <laughs> I, I, I think it's well-deserved. I mean, it's a great title. I yeah. mean... I mean, I can take it. I'll, I'll, right? I think I'll deal with it. I yeah, think yeah. you should. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, you know, I think your personality comes out in everything that you do, and you can certainly tell how... Um, how driven and how passionate you are about yeah. what you do with the Savannah Philharmonic. Talk about all, a little bit of all the hats that you wear there and what you what you do. Yeah, well, I am a violinist to begin with, but I'm also a uh, principal uh, in, of the second violin section. So um, I'm also in charge of keeping people happy by telling jokes. <laughs> I'm always, I mean, I, when I was in high school, man, I was that kid that sat in the back of the of the class and, it threw all these jokes at everybody, you know. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quite down, but um, got in trouble for that. So I kind of that reflects on what I do these days. Too, so. Of course, how could it so, not, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to have a sense of humor when you know you put a lot of uh, energy and passion into what you do, and uh, it's never a dull moment. And just gotta keep it happy. <laughs> exactly. I, I think of um, a couple of concerts ago. I was, I was just, you know, sitting there taking in the music. We were at the Lucas theater and, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling all the things and I'm sort of scanning, you know, the stage and just boom, there are your red socks. Oh my God. And yeah, the red I'm socks. like, of course. <laughs> you know, I made it into an uh, article too, a newspaper really? article. Yeah, they, they mentioned very good criticism of the concert. And then at the end of it, you know, it's like, and then Ricardo's red socks. And it's like the, the cherry on top of it. Is that a signature thing for you? Well, I wear colorful, um, which is not supposed to, I'm not supposed to, you know, uh -huh. I'm, I'm waiting for that pink slip right? to come in one day, but you're not supposed to wear, um, you know, fancy socks, but I did it and, you know, I like wearing them. Actually, my, my sister-in-law signed me up for a, a sock club and all of a sudden I am like, you know, 200 socks in my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, that did, you know, the there were some ladies uh, sponsors, you know, and 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 uh, orchestra goers that started bidding on what type of socks I was going to bring. Wow! To so it it made it into the mainstream. It's where become they, a thing. <laughs> and then I got some uh, um, other, you know, goers, uh, uh, orchestra goers, to start wearing fancy socks, and they would come up to me and they still do come up to me and say, what socks you got ah, on stage? I they show that. me them, them socks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It's catching on. I know. Yeah. The, the Ricardo vibe is uh, catching on. Yeah. Um, I love it though. I love your, I love your personality that you, you come yeah. with every single time and you play with that. Mm -hmm. You play with that personality. It's not like you're just right. kind of like, you know, cutting up and having fun before things start. Like, I mean, I I, you it. feel it. I can see it. Well, it's good music. It's good vibe. The orchestra is, is such a, you know, there's a lot of young people there, but everybody that is there has a, a good attitude. And I think 
you know, the best way to perform for people or being in a performance space is to have the audience be involved with that. And then there's, there's only a way to communicate and that's with your gestures and your, your, your attitude. And that's how everybody can have a good time, you know, just, no doubt. yeah, sure. I am there to have a good time, but I want you to have a good time. So that's right. That's I'm going right. to bring you in. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And you do, you do no doubt. How did you, how did you get involved in music? Was this an early thing for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, was born into a family of musicians and especially with my father um, being a professional guitarist. My mom, even though she was a psychologist, she um, played piano and I have a sister play piano too. And um, we all kids had an instrument, but I, w I was the only one that, well, my oldest sister went to be an educator and all that. Um, but uh, as a kid, they put me through conservatory. So you, you, you leave the school and then you go to this place for another three four hours in the afternoon and then that's where you learn all the music you start by learning solfege and they put you in a in a little choir and then eventually you pick an instrument so i did it was not until i was eight years old that i picked an instrument so did you pick the violin i first? picked the violin okay. because i thought the guitar was too quiet Ah. <laughs> I did not know that you can plug in a guitar. That's right. That's right. You didn't know you could be amplified. Yeah. That's funny. So I was surrounded by classical guitarists and I, right. just, I just wanted a louder instrument. That's funny. And I feel like, you know, with the guitar, a lot of people, you're right, probably grow up like um, with someone playing that acoustic guitar mm -hmm. and playing, you know, just the, the strings and you, that's all you got, just that. And then, you know, later on you realize, yeah, I can have an amplifier and plug it in. And, right. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know that, that then. <laughs> <laughs> so you fell in love with the violin pretty early then. Yeah. And then actually the one thing that finally made me make, make that decision is that I saw a commercial for um, a cooking oil that, used the music of Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, wow. And um, so I, I was fascinated with seeing a guy playing on top of a roof violin for just 30 seconds. Right. You're like, that could <laughs> be me. That, that should be me. Right. <laughs> and eventually. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, I'm not a good cook. So okay, the, the okay. oil didn't. <laughs> the oil didn't take, but the violin did. Did you ever end up playing on a roof? That's all I wanted. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I would, I just grabbed that violin and went on top of the roof. And I love that. My mom, you know, grounded, grounded me for the month. Because yes. <laughs> You're not supposed to be on the roof. No. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> when did you, when, when was the first time you started like considering playing professionally and that being like a, a way of life for you? Yeah, very early. Um, my father passed away when I was 11 and I was with him all the time. I, I had a reaction toward that, you know, I was sure. angry because yeah. he left. Um, and uh, kind of disillusional with the music and the violin. I wanted to do something else, you know, but uh, my mom insisted and then, um, I started working with this really good uh, violin teacher. This is all in Venezuela, where I grew up. You know? And um, I fell in love with it again. And I mean, by age 13, you know, between 13 and 14, I was just like, I think this is what I'm going to do. So I, I started practicing like a maniac, you know, four to six hours a day. Wow. Like, you know, for a teenager, that's, that's a lot. unusual. Yeah, so yeah. Wow. Kind, kind of a nerd when it comes down to that, you know. And I practice a lot in my college years and all that. But uh, yeah, but I think 
about that time, 13, 14. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I think <clears throat> that's such a, um, that's such a time where you're trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you think you have to have it figured out, then you really don't at that age. Right. Mm -hmm. But you start to think about those things. Um, you know, that's that age when it's like, do I want to be a firefighter? Right. Do I want to be a doctor? And, and then you start to see some of the things that resonate with you, you know, and your creative kind of, you know, your inside and your creative. And it's like, I think whatever you gravitate to, you know, some people follow that. And then some people gravitate to something and they're like, oh, I could never make a career out of that. Right. So, but, you know, here well, you are. Yeah, yeah. And then honestly, you know, it, growing up in Venezuela was a whole different level of looking at art and music. You know, you actually... At that time, I mean, this is in the 80s, you know, at that time you can actually make a living. And um, when I turned 15, I got a professional job with the Venezuelan Philharmonic and I wasn't supposed to. Uh, my teacher was like, hey, I want you to audition. There is an opening. You should just for your, um, you know, training experience. Sure. And I was like, okay, let's give it a try. So I practiced and took the audition and I won the audition. And, wow. And, and what do I do now? Right. It's like... Uh, do I take the job? I mean, I was in high school. I couldn't take the job. So I quit high school. And wow. my mom said, well, you got to go to night school and finish it at least. And I finished high school like in five months. <laughs> wow. Um, but I took the job and I was making, and my mom as a psychologist, you know, and a, a professor, and I was making just as much money as she was. And, and that kind of said to me, well, red flag here. Right, right. <laughs> You're going to get stuck for the rest of your life doing this or... You can continue your training. Um, so I, I choose New York to go study and improve my career, you know. Then I moved here and did all kinds of stuff. And then this is what all the hats that, that you started asking are going to start showing up. Exactly. <laughs> but my hats are, are related to production too. You know, I was always by necessity. I would get a, a, a basically a scholarship to go to a summer camp uh, to study music. But I would take the job as a stage hands, mm -hmm. you know, so I could get a um, cotton, what I, you know, the, the cost of the, the, the summer camp um, right. and that gave me experience. And one thing led to another, you know, and then when I moved to Savannah, I was all of a sudden, I was production director of operations of the Savannah symphony, original Savannah symphony. This mm -hmm. is in year 2000. And I became a member of the orchestra too. So I, I was doing both jobs. Then the orchestra folded at the time. Then I became production manager of the Savannah music festival. And, did that for a while, over 10, 12 years. And nowadays, you know, yes, music is my passion and my priority. It's, it's, it's difficult to make money, you know, and, and as a musician. So um, you kind of diversify. And, and I do own a restaurant on Tybee and, and my wife uh, and I have a bike rental business in Tybee too. So. And not just a restaurant on Tybee, like one of the most popular restaurants uh, I think Tybee has ever seen. We have fun, yes. Uh, Seawolf, if I may, if yeah. I may drop the name. Um, oh my goodness! I mean, just quick story about that. First time I went to Seawolf, I was like, okay, the personality behind this. <laughs> I need to meet one day. And this was before I had ever, ever met you. And, and we were just visiting um, uh, where it was right before we moved. And I mean, we just fell in love with it. Good. I mean, yeah. the vibe is great. Yeah. The food is great. Mm -hmm. um, so no wonder knowing you now <laughs> it, that you've got your, your yeah. hand in that. I mean, you, you, you got to know my other partners too. Yes. You know, they're, they're, 
they're funny too. You know, they they got a lot of uh, personality too. Right. So I think we all have uh, created a culture that that is you know cool, accepted, and we we like everybody. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. Great hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, and gourmet. <laughs> oh yes, it's all. It's so good. Um, well, speaking of Tybee the and the music scene and and Savannah and the music scene. I mean, you've been here for a long time, over 20 years, um, you know, and so, you know, we talk about this a lot um, on this podcast with, with a lot of the, a lot of the guests that we have regarding how much the music scene has changed, Mm -hmm. how much the art scene has changed, how, how many musicians are wanting to be a part of what's going on here in Savannah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, you've been able to see all of that firsthand, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, kind of being in the middle of so, so much of it. I'm just thinking about, um, you know, the big uh, music festival that was just out on Tybee and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many things that go on now that weren't going on 15 years ago. That's right. No, I, a lot of things have changed and yes, I've been here since the year 2000. Within those 23 years, the first thing that actually put really opened up the, the minds and the eyes of the Savanians was the Savannah Music Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we start seeing amazing artists from all over the world in one particular place right. for three weeks, you know. So that kind of, well, why can't we have this more often? And then, you know, they start seeing people moving into Savannah. One thing that happened to me that I think happens to quite a bit of uh, other musicians, but what happened to me is that I came here and I was supposed to be here just for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I I was auditioning everywhere and different orchestras and I I was going to eventually land a job, um, either Pittsburgh, New York, one of those big orchestras, you know, and that was my, that was my goal. However, I moved here and I fell in love not only with the area, but with the people, you know, and all of a sudden I'm hanging out with you know, doctors, I'm hanging out with veterinarians. I mean, I'm hanging out with electricians. I'm hanging out with people that clean floors. And we don't care what we do. Nobody cares what your profession is. As long as we are hanging out, maybe around a campfire and playing music, you know, and playing, playing songs and telling stories. So I did a lot of that. I mean, there's a uh, Bob Holman and his brother, um, downtown i mean we recorded the, the hobo barbecue you know and then we did that every sunday and then they put a group of guys together and, and, and gals you know that would play you know just fun songs and and then there i was just with my violin not not worrying about having to play a perfect scale you know just just hanging out drinking beer and eating some food and swapping some 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 lies right <laughs> <laughs> so so um I, more and more, I've seen musicians that are, you know, obviously COVID kind of helped this happen too. But especially after COVID, people leaving big cities and finding a nice little place to live where you can be part of a community very, very quickly, you know, because uh, you get to know everybody. And it doesn't matter what style of music you do. We're going to find a way to play. You know, we're going to find a, a show to do together. So now the December concert that we're doing is just kind of what I'm I'm modeling after, you know, we, we struggle with everybody that I talk to says, what is the sound of Savannah? What do, what does, what does Savannah sound like? I mean, you can say that about Nashville, you know, Nashville has its sounds, uh, sure. New Orleans has its sounds. Savannah, we can't figure it out. You know, we, we still can't figure it out, but it's more than a sound, it's a vibe. Mm. So um, the way I see the vibe is an event like what we're going to have um, on December 16th. And that was my idea 
this is this idea I presented it to Kay Keitaro, the conductor, and and Amy and Senisha. So say, look, I want to bring artists from different styles of music, and we're gonna put them in front of the orchestra, and we're gonna create um, a show that is more a holiday show that is more of a hoedown, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna tell stories, and we're gonna play some songs, and they were like, hmm. Interesting. So I put a came with a concept and showed them all the artists that I wanted to do and how they were like, you know what, this could really work. And the idea of telling stories just took off. And that's why we're are getting some real real storytellers to to come to the show. And in between songs, they will tell very short stories, but they will be all about Savannah, you know. Right. And, then, and I think the sound, what I'm getting to is like the sound of savannah it's just that relationship between music stories and people you know and the vibe you know when you think about savannah and 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 the people that are contributing to the art scene and the music scene here everybody's coming from different places and and so it's like savannah music and the stories of where these people are coming from mm -hmm. meld together to make Savannah what it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, mm -hmm. for that to be reflected in any concert, in any venue mm -hmm. is pretty magical actually when it happens. Yeah. You'd relate from many different, and there's a little bit for everybody. So everybody would relate one way or another. You right. Know? Right. And, you know, through the stories, through the music. And I always say, you know, instrumental music is a story too. You know, but the thing is that you create, your story as an audience, not, you're not being imposed a story. You just create it yourself. And right. your story is going to be completely different from the person next door, next to you. You're not listening That's right. to the same thing. That's right. It, it, the creativity happens not only from the musician or the artist on stage, but creativity also happens on the uh, audience. And I think that's the coolest thing. So. Yeah. And, and so speaking of the concert, it's called Holiday Stories of Savannah. It's December 16th. Um, what, what, what I do know as of this moment is there's still a handful of tickets um, for the afternoon concert, yeah. which starts at three. Um, the evening concert did sell out, which yeah. is uh, amazing and just speaks to, you know, how I think people are very, very... Um, they're, they people desire we all desire that storytelling mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. um it's at the lucas theater december 16th and savannahphilharmonic.org if you want to get tickets and 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 maybe get the last few who knows uh how quickly it'll sell out but you know i think one of the the coolest things is all of the people that you have involved mm -hmm. do you want to talk about uh yeah, some of the of some of the players and and the musicians and everybody yeah and and that's it is a good way so what i designed was to have the orchestra company the, the soloist obviously um but then have the eric jones trio also as part of the orchestra right in the middle you know right in front of uh, k taro also so it just you get two solid groups doing all the background and then i picked this year um certain a variety of different styles. So starting with the jazz, we have the, the Eric Jones trio, but also Teddy Adams, who's a legend trombonist, deserves all the credit. He's in the Jazz Hall of Fame in Georgia, you know, so it's, it's a great guy. Talking about stories, I mean, this guy knows the stories 
of jazz in Savannah. I mean, I can sit down with him for hours and be entertained by so many stories. So he'll perform a couple of pieces uh, with the trio. Then I have Lake and Love as well. So, you know, bringing a little bit of the gospel, gospel style into it and the, you know, R&B. And she's a very dynamic young lady who sings wonderful. So that voice is definitely needed and she will be amazing you know mm. just you know that transition will take us into the blues world and i'm bringing eric culberson which you know him and i have a uh, interesting relationship we've been friends forever but you know for for a few years uh, through the connect savannah was either me who won um, best artist and best musician in town or it would be him but if i won he would be runner up right. if he won right. i would be runner up so we had this constant joke about it that uh i said that he went there and voted by himself <laughs> i could spend the whole night voting on him, on him you know but, but anyway he's a good friend can get me wrong so he'll be doing a few a few songs yeah then i got matt Einstein, who is a folk musician kind of um more modern but still folk and wonderful guitarist and singer and uh what else? Who else? Well, and then of course, you know, I'll be participating and playing with them in some things. But you're you going to be hosting but too I, through the whole thing, right? I'm the MC. Yeah. I'm going to be wearing. Uh, I'm going to bring my um, wardrobe and different. Yes. <laughs> you're going to change. Have a wardrobe <laughs> change. Wardrobe change yeah. and everything. So I'm doing the thing, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, entertaining and moving the whole show along between music and storytelling and me introducing the artists and all that. So. Um, we got a wonderful sing along at the end with everybody oh, in the audience. Fun. Like so it's, it's going to be fun. That's great. Very different than anything I've ever done, um, or a concert that I ever played as in holiday concert and music. Well, yeah, we will have some Christmas music, of course, some, some non-Christmas music and we'll have some Hanukkah music and <laughs> a little bit for everybody. Yeah, everybody will enjoy. Yes, it. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be so festive too to be able to, you know, kind of enjoy the holiday spirit at the Lucas Theater mm -hmm. and and what a beautiful time of year to be in Savannah if you're coming through or have family visiting. What a what a great time to to you know stroll down Broughton Street. De decorate it very nicely, oh, the lighting so and everything, good. and you just you. You get to wear a jacket and a little sweater. Right. But it's not too cold. <laughs> it's not to, snowing. You don't have to walk through snow. Exactly. exactly. Um, now, you guys live on Tybee. Yeah, we do. It, it's so fun to watch uh, the folks at, at Tybee celebrate. And and I love going through there and, and just kind of looking at the lights. And you guys keep it up for a long time. Yeah. And it's just so fun. Tybee's fun. I mean, they don't judge you for celebrating. That's People right. celebrate every day. That's right. <laughs> it's so true. Um, you can get a holiday spirit on any corner in any glass. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I, even with your coffee. I got I got one that's called Tybee Coffee. Yes. Um, it's uh, Red Bull and vodka. <laughs> oh, <laughs> with a dash of some sort of coffee liqueur, I guess. Not or, even. Not even. Okay. I didn't know if they even tried with a... <laughs> they just call it that you have that in the morning in the uh, early afternoon yes. next day yes <laughs> island living is a fun fun way to go too fun yeah it's a fun way to go now you have two kids i have two yes two uh, okay now one is 18 and one is new new right one is very uh, well, yeah one is 18 years old the other was 15 months old oh wow oh yeah crazy uh first day of college for 
my oldest was the same day that I took my youngest to daycare mm-hmm. for the first time. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> Life just smacked you in the face a little bit there. <laughs> College day one, daycare day one. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. What a moment. I'm sure that was, yeah. no doubt about it. Um, are your kids, uh, well, I guess you don't know about the new one, but mm-hmm. um, do you think music will be in there? Well, in Ronnie, my oldest, uh, they started uh, with bass and voice. Great. I mean, I thought that that was going to be it. But I always told them that you're not going to be a musician. <laughs> you said no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, they're going to uh, uh, college for biology now and transferring to UGA soon. To uh, They want to do forensics and oh wow, yeah, do some interesting stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the youngest one, I think my wife thinks that she's going to be a, a drummer because she keeps Ooh, banging things around the house. Yes. So, um, I might have to get a little drum set for Yes, her. percussion. Here we yeah. come. There you go. <laughs> Don't bother me a bit. <laughs> have you had a, uh, a favorite concert so far in this uh, 15th anniversary season? Well, last uh, this, this past weekend, uh, we had Julian, a uh, violinist, and, and he... And he also conducted, and he mm. um, he played the Four Seasons of uh, Piazzolla, Buenos Aires, uh, and that's one of my favorite pieces. And that was just a pleasure to play that. But we also did Beethoven Seventh, and that's oh. my favorite Beethoven. Yes, symphony. So to me, maybe this was my favorite concert so far this year. Right, you know, but right. We have yeah. some good stuff coming to oh my gosh i mean it's just a full full calendar Mm -hmm. you know and so many great things are are coming up and um you know i think it's so beneficial for people to know how they can be a part of like everything that's going on you know one way is obviously to to get in on the subscription and be able to attend every concert you know that's always a a great way to do it certainly if you can't do every one no big deal you can still kind of pick and choose but, you know, to also really highlight this, how people can support the Philharmonic, because I know there's there's so many things going on that touches so many groups in the community. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the, the Savannah Philharmonic, the education piece mm-hmm. is huge. You know, speaking of kids getting involved in music, right. you know, uh, to be able to let some of our kids, anybody that wants to say, hey, I'd love to pick up an instrument, yeah. you know, that kind of support is really important so that that is available to our kids. It is. And I'm glad that we're doing it. And we're trying to be even more adamant about it. I mean, it's very important. The music education is really important for the development development of anybody. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a musician, but it does it does great for your brain and and your sanity. <laughs> and um, unless you're me and you turn crazier, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's either uh, way can be a good thing. I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, at least. Uh, I smile. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. No, so yes. So the, the Philharmonic is doing a lot of work. And you can tell generational-wise, you know, generation, I, I, I've i seen the difference between when we didn't have a symphony for a few years. Those kids, you know, that went to high school during that time, they didn't get to see us. Before that, we were playing for kids all the time. or We were involved with the community on that. There was a period of about six, seven, eight years maybe that 
when before the Philharmonic really started, when the symphony closed, getting the education program, then you can see those kids didn't get to see that. They didn't come to the concerts that we did for children. Sure. Now we we see now the kids are getting interested again because we're playing for them. And it's important. It's really, really important that we do that for them, you know. And they do better in school. They have a something to do, you know, that yeah. it's not just playing video games. Absolutely. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I think it gives it gives young people and anybody really adults too. you know, it mm -hmm. gives you something to say, I'm a part of creating something, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a part of like performing something. This is a side of me. Maybe I didn't know I could do and tap into. And then like the other layers that come along of learning about a composer or yeah. learning the story behind why they wrote this piece or, right. you know, I mean, that stuff is just invaluable really. So some, again, just come down to stories and it, it opens your mind, you know, and you see all these and learn about all these composers, like you say, and then how exciting, you know, doing this stuff is. I, um, another thing that we need eventually is that we really need more musicians to more, even more to move because not everybody's a teacher, you know. I love communicating with the kids and spending an afternoon with them, but I'm not the guy who's going to be teaching every week, you know, teaching you scales right. or anything like that. Right. I, don't, I don't do that. I, if something, I initiate kids into different styles of music. If you're a classical musician, I will introduce you to jazz and pop music with the violin and all that. But I won't teach you scales anymore. I mean, I, I did that when I was younger and I just, I stopped. Right. <laughs> Not everybody's cut no, out to do that forever. Yeah. But there are wonderful teachers yeah. out there that, that do that. No here. doubt. Um, but we need more of those, you know. So, but as the orchestra grows and hopefully with the plans that they have, uh, it will be more possible to. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Bring that in. Absolutely. Well, the concert is uh, going to be fantastic. The Holiday Stories of Savannah, December 16th, uh, 3 to 5 is the open show that still mm -hmm. has tickets at the Lucas Theater. Um, I have two final questions with this. Number one, because this is going to be a Holiday Stories um, concert that you are uh, going to be such a focal point of, which I think is going to be phenomenal. Do you have a favorite holiday story yourself? Do you like a favorite what was like one of your favorite holiday times or a favorite gift yeah. you ever gave or received? I don't know if I have a particular story. I remember the vibe growing up though. Uh, um, well, I do have crazy stories. Uh, um, <laughs> but growing up in, in Venezuela, the festivities are a little bit different. They really start on the 24th of December and then they last until like the 2nd of January. <laughs> nice. So there's something going on and it's very family oriented, you know, and I remember one of my f favorite things is that in the, the kids that live in my street, everybody had a party for their families there. And then at some point in the night, we would go to the other, uh, other houses and then, mm. then you would just crash Switch, that party. Yeah. But you know who they all were and kids were running around fire, um, Pie crackers and stuff oh, like yes. that. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's kind of common down there. Oh, that's fun. And uh, several years, I ended setting the whole thing on fire. The, 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 the mountain in front of my, our, on our street was a mountain, like a hill. Right. And I set it up on fire several times to the point. <laughs> oh, no. Dumb kid. Right. Um, <laughs> police and firefighters. And, See, who did it? Not me. That would be... <laughs> 
No, I'm in bed already. I don't know. Um, but I, I love that whole thing, the community, kind of a sense of community that was developed within that street, you know, and that that's, you know, good memories there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, when when we have memories like that and stories like that from, you know, growing up, that's something that impressed us and impressed on us so much, you know, we bring that to the next chapter, right? And so that's that kind of vibe, or, you know, that's that's the kind of vibe. You're still setting mountains on fire, yeah. my friends. <laughs> Hope I don't set up the Lucas on fire. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. In a good way. Um, and my, my last question is, will we see any sort of festive socks on yeah. you at the holiday story show i feel like that's the only time i'm not gonna get a pink slip okay, for yeah. American <laughs> cars. but yes i've okay. been a little bit more conservative lately because mm -hmm. uh, um i don't know why but but tis the season tis the season yeah so we we should see something oh no they, they, we're discussing that at the office right now said, okay. so what would you want they're asking me what they, what do I want the musicians to wear, and I'm like, oh, do I get to choose that? Right. So here we go. I'm I, I like to let them be festive. So yes, we'll see. Yes, show all the colors. Um, yeah, have your Tybee coffee before you start, and then uh, <laughs> you'll be all set. <laughs> oh, Ricardo, I'm so glad that you stopped by the podcast. Thank I you. hope we have you on again. Oh, anytime. Um, anytime. It's going to be a lot of fun. Holiday Stories of Savannah is December 16th at the Lucas Theater, savannahphilharmonic.org. Of course, click on the show notes for all the details and the links. And a good place to go to also find out how you can support the Savannah Philharmonic and everything that they have going on. Well, I can't wait to see you at the concert. I think it's going to be a fun, cool. fun time. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Dee. Yeah, it's a pleasure being here. Welcome to your open invitation to enjoy music with your friends and neighbors. This is the Soundtrack of Savannah. You can also show support by sponsoring a season concert or our Fill the Neighborhood series or annual Fill the Park event in Forsyth Park. You can even sponsor one of our talented musicians or host them in your home during the season. Planned giving from individual community partners to corporate sponsorships creates opportunities for the Savannah Philharmonic to grow and also allows you to leave a legacy, ensuring the organization continues to entertain, inspire, and build community for generations to come. For more information on sponsorship levels and a full list of concerts and community events, please visit us at savannahphilharmonic.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to the Sav Phil podcast you're listening to right now, so you can be in the know, behind the scenes, and center stage at your Savannah Philharmonic. <laughs>